The year is 1999. A big summer blockbuster hits the theaters. An adventuring duo takes fantastical vehicles to saloons, deserts, and an evil lair, and face off with a villain who got cut in half. And no, we're not talking about the Phantom Menace. It was the dawn of the new millennium. This week's episode, Wild Wild West. Well, hello there, Mike. Hi. Hi, Josiah. Hi. I like when you say hi like that because it's like hi. a little tenor. And hello, listeners, and welcome to this, the only, yeah. or not not the only podcast. We can't say that this week. No, we don't. No. Um, one of we the only proof, podcasts. Yeah. One of the only podcasts, yes. <laughs> How Star Wars is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the show where we rate and review anything, and ultimately, given a long enough time scale, mm-hmm. and if... You know, since we are both immortal, um, we yeah. will eventually review everything this on a scale of some, one to ten of how Star Wars that thing is. Mike just dropped some new how Star Wars is it lore, which is that we What's are that? both immortal. Oh, you didn't know that, <laughs> listeners? Well, I mean, yeah, listeners, listeners didn't know. This is the first time we're revealing this to the listeners. Yeah, this was this was um, we both wished for immortality. And yeah. the um, genie said, fine, but in exchange, you have to host a terrible podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, and he was like, weekly. And and weekly, and it will never be successful. Yeah. And we were like, oh, oh no. Yeah. That's a rough word. That's our Sisyphian curse. It's hard to say that word. But we are talking about, you know, what's fun is that I, I mentioned on the last episode that I just edited, which was about lunch. <laughs> <laughs> at least um, at least from the outset that's what it was about <laughs> right ostensibly it was about lunch yeah I, I at the very end of it I, like the little like extra little bit i was like every episode for the last like five episodes has been insane mm-hmm. and we were like we got to rain it in and do like a normal movie episode or something and here we are <laughs> doing a movie but i don't think it's gonna be very normal <laughs> <laughs> no because the movie was not terribly normal um, no. but thank goodness that um we we were approached by a past guest of the show. Yeah. Because otherwise we probably wouldn't have done another movie. <laughs> uh, True. But please welcome back to How Star Wars Is It. Um, let's see. Chicago improviser, music improviser, and co-host with the mo-host of <laughs> the hit podcast and tiktok sports <laughs> kid drama kid annie sharavsky hi thanks for having me back i'm so excited we're thrilled to have you back <laughs> yeah it was great because my my girlfriend charlie was like why does this person keep making you watch these weird movies because <laughs> the la- i was like yeah andy and jim made us watch ten cup and that and now we're watching i think that was I, actually andy made us watch wild wild, wild. Yeah. yeah it was a joint decision on the first one, <laughs> and I, I will get take Jim off the hook for this. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. They just they they're choosing to punish us for some reason. I I feel um better I, net better for having experienced both movies. However, mm, honestly, same. Mm, same. Mm. Well, culturally 
better. Yeah. I, I, I apologize for making you watch watch <laughs> this one. To be honest with you, during my rewatch of it, because it had been years since I had seen this movie, during my uh-huh. rewatch of it, I felt a bit punished myself. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see this. I, I I think we were right that we said 1999 at the beginning, which of mm, course was is, the year yeah. Phantom Menace came out. They're yes. very, and they the have dawn very, of the millennium. Yeah, big good superficial similarities. The CGI, the adventure, the mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, did you see this when it came out? I think that I did. I'm pretty okay. sure that I saw this in theater. So the reason I wanted to do this is because I remember loving this movie around the Uh time that it came out. I think that I saw it in theaters with my friend and her family. And then I know that we owned it on VHS because I specifically remember re-watching it somewhat obsessively for a while (laughs) on VHS. (laughs) I mean, I would get into these like loops as a kid. I think this is pretty common. I would just want to watch the same movie like almost every day (laughs) for a while. Yeah, totally. Um, And so I watched it a lot it was like one of my favorite vhs's and i think that happens with people when you know millennials growing up you only had so much media you only had access yeah, to so right. much media so you end up getting very invested <laughs> in a couple weird that things was tommy boy for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> same, oh, we same a, idea though mm-hmm. we had a couple family classics that had that treatment it was like that thing you do oh yeah galaxy quest mm-hmm. Uh, the three amigos, like some some fa- family classics that just like were like on repeat. Yeah, it's like whatever um, you could get your parents to actually buy for you, and then you were like, I gotta make the most of it because this is one of the ten VHS yeah. tapes I have. Yeah, right. Also, like that was a real decision. Like I feel like man, nineteen ninety nine, getting Wild Wild West on VHS. Could you have gotten it on DVD? Because that was right around when did DVDs come out? Yes, I think thereabout. But um, I think we that were, was that was certainly in that like threshold. Yes. time. I think we it were that, slightly later adopters of the of the DVD player. <laughs> I remember so specifically going. This is the the movie that came out that I remember being. Our family was like, "Well, we got to get it, but should we get it on VHS or DVD?" Because <laughs> like for a while, it was like they were selling side by side, which right. was like whichever one you want. And it was Atlantis, the uh, <laughs> Disney movie Atlantis. <laughs> It was like, well, let's get it for VHS. And then we like kind of kicked ourselves when like later we were like, stupid. I wanted those DVD (laughs) extras. Yeah. I was going to say, you know what I bet it had was like a great menu. Yes. I bet the Wild Wild West DVD menu was top notch. Oh, it probably was. Maybe some... Maybe some Easter eggs. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we were we were straight straight VHS in my <laughs> yeah. house. But yeah, I remember loving this movie because at the time, I was just a big Will Smith fan. Like he was. Oh, he was yeah. the guy. Like because I would have yeah. been I would have been ten, and I just remember. Yes. I also have like vivid memories. I think the same friend. I think it was my friend Lauren. I think we saw it in theaters with her family, and then I also have just vivid memories of like riding in like her family suv like listening to the whole of big willie style like the cd so like i think i was just having a real will smith moment i thought he was the greatest most talented person ever yeah right and you were not alone i i 
all but basically missed Will Smith's Willennium. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I, so I, I've done this on the show before, but uh, this is my my one character I do. It's it is uh, an impression of me in fifth grade at a sleepover <laughs> party when they were watching Rat Race. <clears throat> This is rated PG-13. This is rated PG-13. This is rated PG-13. <laughs> so, oh. the, I love that character. The, like, the, the, the number 13 in the MPAA rating, mm. PG-13, was like it was very important hard too. code mm. for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was I, a like, line you could not cross. Basically missed the peak Will Smith. Like I saw Men in Black for the first time a couple years ago for this podcast. Mm. So we we are slowly going through the 90s Will Smith oeuvre for the for yeah. the purposes of this show. I still haven't seen Independence Day. Yeah, I don't me think neither. I have either actually now that I'm thinking about it. Which was was he was coming off of Independence Day for this, right? I yeah. Think well, so. and Men in Black and Men in Black before too. Cuz Men in Black right, right. This, this director is, I think Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yes, it is the same director, Men in Black. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I believe it is this, the same director. It is the same director. Yeah, I, I, I looked it up down, earlier. <laughs> I wrote down at one point. Why is 1999 Will Smith in the 1860s? Oh my <laughs> god! Yes, thank you. I have <laughs> like you know that thing that you see on like TikTok and stuff these days of like iPhone face. Have yeah. you heard of that? Like, no, aren't convincing in like period movies because they have like veneers. Oh, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Will Smith has like chronic two thousands. Yeah, you yes. know. <laughs> Thank you for pointing out the only historical flaw of this movie. <laughs> yeah. The one anachronism. The one. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking the same thing, Mike, when I was watching this because I was like, okay. Everyone is everyone is doing kind of a period piece, except for Will Smith, who is like, I'm gonna act just like I'm I normally do. Just yeah. doing me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's just doing Will Smith. <laughs> and it, like it, in a different movie, maybe it would work, but like it I, uh, this is what I was telling Charlie last night. I was like, um I was like, I have to watch Wild Wild West <laughs> and she didn't watch it with me because I watched it at work and uh doing like on my break and stuff. And she was like, Well, was it any good? Is there anything good about it? And I was like, the the premise the concept mm-hmm. is great mm. and without that's what I'll a say. doubt yeah well, that's what i'll say it it reminded me of a one we've recovered recently league of extraordinary gentlemen which Andy, <laughs> you may never have saw because you were never a 13 year old boy <laughs> i remember it being out <laughs> yes <laughs> that's yes. it <laughs> it it reminds me of that because the premise of that is is really good and cool. Yeah, just and like the premise, the title and trailer alone elicits a oh, oh, cool, <laughs> and like the the, the pre- and I, I felt kind of like vindicated because I was reading on the wiki on the Wikipedia for it, and like uh, 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 Ebert, like Roger Ebert, said something similar to like how I felt, where he was like, "Well, I got to find the quotes so I, so I can actually just say it." But I was thinking, I was like, the concept is just. So cool, yeah. Like, like Wild West fantasy sci-fi, steam, steampunk Wild yes. West, yeah. Action movie with Will Smith, yeah. Like, yeah. And like the Hell the yes. rest of the cast is rounded out by like some of the most incredible actors of our time. Yes. <laughs> really good actors, <laughs> like Kenneth yes, Branagh. Kenneth-, Kenneth Branagh around this time was doing like Shakespeare adaptations. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and he's so, a ridiculous you got Kevin person. Kevin Klein in there. Oh yeah, Kevin Klein. Yeah, and um, yeah, R- Roger Roger Ebert said the movie is all concept and no content. Yeah, and I was like, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, the concept is mm, genius. Yeah, man, you it's know like who the- else is in this movie? Mm. 
she i don't even think she speaks but she's one of the like arm candy women of the villain oh yeah frederick vanderwall from the first ever season of celebrity mole (laughs) (laughs) mike would know that mike wouldn't know that also salma hayek yeah. And I don't think she ever speaks either. She doesn't have enough to do in this movie. She's very underutilized. It definitely feels like from scene to scene, the writer or director or whoever was responsible was like, oh shit, right, Selma Hayek. Uh, <laughs> you go over well, there, like yeah. maybe we can maybe we can maybe we can show your butt and boobs. Oh my somewhere. god. Maybe we can call them boobies again. Again. <laughs> I mean, the amount of time that's that goes with the sort of like '90s Will Smith, like not doing any periodness. I was just like, he's just gonna keep saying boobies, isn't he? (laughs) Sure is. I mean, I I did some. I was just poking around because I was like, how did this movie come to be? Like, because when I was a kid, it would it just existed, Mm. and I loved it. Yeah, and that's all I knew. Mm. And I was looking it up, and it had kind of like a weird, spotty like origin story. Like it was originally based on. I believe a TV show that was also like a steampunk version yeah. of the wi- of the Wild Wild West, and it was called uh-huh. Wild Wild yes. West. But this movie, like, apparently departs from it entirely. It was ri- it was written by a few different people because it went through a couple iterations. But if I am right. not mistaken, the final iteration of it was either edited or doctored or added to or completed by the two guys who wrote who framed roger rabbit yes which is was another one of my absolute favorite yeah. movies as a kid yeah so maybe i just really like their writing i don't know yeah <laughs> the the pe- yeah the pedigree on this movie is crazy yeah because because it went through so many different hands so many different people were attached to it to star mm-hmm. and then didn't end up starring in it and yeah, literally in 1992 was when this whole was whenever the uh, the film rights got optioned. And we got to talk about this: Richard Donner, who did Superman, the Superman movies, who also is obsessed with getting a giant spider on screen. Oh, yes, I read Do you guys know this. about this? Yes, Do you guys know I about this? this? Oh, what? Oh my God, Mike, you're gonna love this. So like. This is not revealed too much later in uh, in like history. But I think Kevin Smith actually revealed this on like some interview. But basically, Richard Donner in like the script for like Superman four or five or whichever one was going to be the next one that didn't get made. R- Richard Donner was heavily pushing there to be a giant spider like fight scene <laughs> in the end. And I think in the Flash with uh, Nicholas like CGI Nicholas oh, Cage uh-huh. Superman is actually fighting a giant spider. <sighs> yeah. And it's not until decades later <laughs> that a movie that Richard Donner is also producing, Wild Wild West, finally gets a giant spider in the air. His dream that came is true. So funny. his dream came true. That's like um, I in my uh in my I O level three class, I think about this like little <laughs> line all the time. Great way to start a memory. Great way to start. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> um. It was, you know, that class at the time was all about like just the the two person scene, like yes. very like scene, 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 scene over and over. And um, we were talking about like having like a real specific thing for your character, like a really almost like a concrete, tangible want mm-hmm. that you can just filter all of your interactions through. And he was like, "Here's an example. Like, uh, what what? Do, like, uh, I I really like jelly beans." And 
someone started a scene with him and they were like riding a motorcycle. They got a suggestion. They got all this other exterior, external stuff. And basically every line, he would be like, oh yeah, th- those saddlebags are nice. You can fit a lot of jelly beans in there. Like, <laughs> that sounds like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Richard yes. Donner, is, he's just like always in a meeting and like on the front burner is like, giant spider, maybe? Giant spider. <laughs> is, is now the, should it's I bring so, up the giant spider? <laughs> yeah. It's just it like in. such a, it's such a weird like Hollywood bigwig producer thing to do to be like it doesn't matter what the project is if we get a giant spider in there it's gonna be gold also it's like not like, that not- good of an idea like that's another way it's like very Hollywood producer because it's like it's not a good enough idea to carry around with you for that long yeah <laughs> I know so let's just I want to I go through like who was touching this movie before it got made because yes, it yes. like it's it, provenance. So, like, okay, it started with Richard Donner, who was going to direct, written by Shane Black, who wrote Lethal Weapon. Yeah, and, and nice and guys. And... and, yeah, with Mel Gibson starring. <laughs> oh, sure. And then Donner and Gibson left, and it kept, continued to be developed over the next, like, five year, five or six years. Uh, Tom Cruise was rumored. This is I was man, this is why just I to, the best men attached to yes, this. Movie. Yes, right. This is why I wanted to mention all this because, like, I, I think this pedigree is re- weirdly very Star Wars or how Star Wars is it? Uh-huh. Because the reason why Cruise didn't get in this movie is because he was going to go be in a film adaptation of a different TV show called Mission Impossible, yeah. and then we got Will Smith attached with uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, who was going to direct, who did the Men in Black trilogy. Yeah. yeah. They had pursued George Clooney to be the Kevin Klein role and Matthew McConaughey and Johnny Depp. <laughs> and then finally they got uh, S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock who wrote, these are two of the writers, who had written Short Circuit and Tremors uh, to start scripting. And then Clooney dropped out. And then the, and then the Wilson and Maddock script was rewritten by the Who Frame Roger Rabbit people. Mm-hmm. And so like it's just, it passes hands so yeah, much. Yeah, it does. And then Clooney got replaced by Kevin Klein, and then finally, finally, the finished product gets made. It's one of those things that, like, a year or two later, two two people meet for the first time in Hollywood, and they're like, "Oh, what have you worked on?" And they're like, "Well, for a while, I worked on Wild Wild West." And it's like, <laughs> "Oh, me too. That's weird. Yeah, this is crazy. We both wrote Wild yeah. Wild West. God, I didn't even run into you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will. And then, fun- oh, go ahead." Oh, I was just saying, funnily enough, like the creator of the TV show hated this movie mm. and fe- and like Will Smith, like 10 years later, came out and apologized to him <laughs> because he was like, I get it now. I get it now. Because he because he was like the guy was like, they really just shit all over this mo- all over my series and like made it a comedy vehicle for Will Smith, but a comedy vehicle that wasn't funny. Mm, right. And kind of like just undercut the whole like original tv show and will smith was like if someone had done that to fresh prince of bel-air i would have been very upset so you know what i apologize to this guy <laughs> didn't they kind of do that with fresh prince of bel isn't there like yeah, a serious version like a of it now dark drama yeah, yeah a, dra- a dramatic retelling <laughs> yeah. so strange I guess he does get it now <laughs> now he gets it now but i also i said this is okay you saying mike that this is like just 1999 will smith smack dab in the middle of the wild west in a movie was so true to me because like i feel like when my millennium mm-hmm. the way that i know will smith is as like a uh, is as like a prestige actor 
Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, sure, 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 sure. Because in the 90s, he was like action comedy Yeah, but you're talking guy. about like pursuit of hapwiness. Yes, hap-wine. pursuit of hapwiness. <laughs> hapwiness. And like just his career post, honestly, post pursuit of happiness, really, where he was like, I'm a prestige, or maybe it was, um, when did he play, hold on. He did like a number of Oscar. Ali. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ali, Ali in 2001 might have been this, the... The, the right. turn when he was like, mm-hmm. I'm a real actor now. Yeah. But like in the 90s, he was all like action comedy guy with Independence Day, Men in Black, and Wild Wild West. And so it was so jarring to see him doing like a bad job <laughs> <laughs> at, a, at, being, at being funny. Cause I was like, I'm used to seeing him as like a prestige actor who's like very well known for being a good actor. Yeah. And in this, I was like, he's not like, he's not even really trying very hard to be very funny. You yeah. didn't think the touch my breast scene was funny? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh my god! Rewatching. Can that, we talk about? The, I like the amount of drag in this movie. There is quite a bit of it. There is quite a bit of it. I I don't know. I feel like my brain was poisoned watching this so much as a kid and loving it so much because even rewatching it as an adult, I can objectively be like, "This is terrible," and like Will Smith <laughs> is doing a bad job. And the script isn't great, whatever. But I'm, st- I still walked away and turned to Jim and was like, you know what? It holds up. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I you said that, Andy, because that's 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 kind of what happened when we watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I think. Well, I, and you know, I I hear you. I I finished this movie and I was like, that's the craziest movie I've ever seen. But like, I did enjoy it. <laughs> right. Like you have to you have to appreciate it for what it is, not what it was trying to be. <laughs> yeah, that's very it true. It was trying if you, if you to try, be yeah. something much better and uh, just a totally different experience. But what it is has some merit. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember not. I didn't see this when it came out because I was too young. Like Mike, we were we were we were good Christian boys. <laughs> but um, I remember wanting to see it so bad because I remember seeing the pre- the previews and the commercials and I thought it looked so cool. Yeah. Cause we were into western. I was into westerns as a kid. Like we had, we watched a couple of the old, like, um, you know, like your old John Wayne movies and stuff like that as a kid. And so I liked westerns. And I was like, wait, they got westerns and robots. Yeah, I was like, this looks like the coolest thing I've ever seen. It uh, it does seem like it's gonna be a collection of stuff like young boys, like for sure. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Another side note. Uh, I also was taking dance classes at the time. And we, I did a routine to the song Wild Wild West. Like, it was just... And here's a video. <laughs> I wish. Honestly, I thought about asking my parents. I'm sure it is on some, like... <laughs> I'm sure that my dad was in the back of the auditorium filming on a camcorder. But yeah. uh-huh. that would have uh, started a whole discussion about how much my parents need to digitize all of our home movies. <laughs> right. That, like, I'm not ready to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have it on good none, authority none that they that. have a great quantity of vhs tapes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and a great quantity of like home videos yeah, yeah. Uh, but also stuff that we taped from the tv that has like yes. commercials and stuff oh yes amazing we but- have like we had like every Herbie movie, <laughs> The Love Bug. Yeah, yeah. Taped on, like taped on. We had to, lots of the, like, like the wonderful world of Disney or whenever oh, they yes, would show a yes, movie yes, on yes. Sunday night. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that weird that back then you could just pirate movies off of your TV and no one gave a crap? Beautiful. Like that's that, what everyone that was did. actually my kind of like way around, not like I was trying to skirt it, but like my parents would tape some movie 
that aired on TV because it was edited for TV. So if it was like right. an R-rated movie, they'd be like, oh, you got to see this movie, but this would be perfect. You just have to fast forward the commercials and they cut out all the like violence and sex. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. Yeah. Or whatever the, what they say on Die Hard. That's so funny. This, so I, I want I wish I could find, okay, another thing about this movie, I, I almost brought a game, but I couldn't find this list. <laughs> but I found a Wikipedia article Wild Wild West, and this, this list came out in 2001, <laughs> was ranked in the bottom 20 of the Stinkers 100 Years 100 Stinkers oh list, God. which was the 100 worst films of the 20th century. That feels like it's got recency bias on it. I know. <laughs> that, like, in the, the 20 worst movies of the century? <laughs> yeah. And so I could not anywhere find the actual list of this it doesn't exist on the internet i don't think anymore because i i literally googled 100 years and so it was it was a take on afi's 100 years 100 like movies thing which was coming out at that same time like afi was like oh it's mm -hmm. the millennium let's release uh <laughs> all these like uh like century lists of like the best top however many um but i couldn't find it anywhere because it just doesn't exist anymore because the website for the stinkers which was like it was like some what was it called it was some like actual organization it was like something stinkers it was like the razzies yeah, yeah. but just separately and that website doesn't exist anymore this movie did but, win so several razzies and actually yes, I, it did. I read that the guy who played jim west originally in the tv series accepted the razzies like out of yes. out of his hatred for this movie <laughs> that's yes. great yeah so so but, even the original source material the main character's name is west yes 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 oh man uh -huh. my my first two notes i wrote down while watching this were the first one was oh what <laughs> and then because that was when there was like a giant blade going through the forest yes yeah that was crazy and then the second note was his name is west <laughs> yes yeah. it's a double meaning in the title yeah. while wild west and wild yeah, wild west. Yeah, I eventually west. caught that. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, before we move on, do you want to guess what rank was Wild Wild West in the in the in the worst movies top 100 top 100 worst movies? So like 100 it, it would be the worst? No, 1 is the worst. One is the oh, worst. got it. Mm. So 1 is the worst and it's you know that it made the top 20 oh, worst. I see. So it's somewhere in the top 20. What rank do you think it hit? I think 19. I think it was safer than some others. Mm, I Eight? Two. Oh no. Oh. What, what? That's, <laughs> that's rude. Come on. That's it's not so that bad. The only one that beat it out was Battlefield Earth, the uh, Scientology book movie with John Travolta. <laughs> Jesus. I've never seen it. Which that. also came out in like two it also came out in like two thousand, <laughs> so some real recency bias with the worst movies ever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I think it's we need like, to do that again. I, I will not say that this movie is good, no. but I will say <laughs> that it is a net good. So here's here's my sort of utilitarianism, <laughs> like the most pleasure to the most pain, like <laughs> scoreboard <laughs> rationale. One, I had fun watching this movie. Mm. A lot of the fun was me going... <laughs> what? But some of it was like legit. I mean, it was it's it's a fun adventure. Whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other, the big one for me is this movie is what Will Smith did instead of The Matrix, and right. that is a big net positive for like pop culture Society. and. 
supposed to be in the Matrix? He was approached. I think they kind of approached every big actor at the time I because they had only. They had this script they were working on for a long time, and Warner Brothers was like, "We will do this with you, but like we, you have to prove yourselves as directors first. Like w- mm. we don't know if you can direct a movie." So they directed this like small, like um, like I think it was like a lesbian romance or something i need mm-hmm. to i need to watch that at some point but um and then they're like okay fine you can make your movie and uh they kind of got who was left mm-hmm. in terms of like asking actors to be in this movie of like you know it, uh, now sorry what we all live in a computer <laughs> you know <laughs> what's this all about but like could you imagine will smith as neo <laughs> it <Yeah>. would not <sighs> love will smith but <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> it had to be. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, he's just like too interesting and charming to be the like kind of blank slate character, yeah. like yeah. a Neo or a Harry Potter or a Luke Skywalker. Like for sure, like half of his rea- Will Smith's reactions in this movie are just like him being like skeptical. Is <laughs> like his <laughs> biggest his biggest feeling, and I just I don't know if that would have. I don't know. The Matrix to me is just such a beautiful movie, and like yeah. I don't know. Keanu Reeves gives such an earnest performance that, like, I don't know that Will Smith would have been capable of at the time. No, no, totally. not at the time. Not, not at, at the, the time. time Eventually, for sure. yes, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if this movie is a net good, <laughs> but I do agree that it is a net good for society, and that it did give us Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. Yeah. So I agree with that, Mike. Mm. Yeah, I will say that, like, we we have to circle back to like I want to circle back to Salma Hayek because she's like criminally underused oh in this. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, there's, like, one woman, like, she's the only woman with, like, a speaking role, yeah, basically. Yeah, she doesn't even really have, like, a Princess Leia status. Like, this no. is about two guys, and then there's a third character sometimes. They've, and she yes, does sometimes. Yeah. She doesn't even, at the end of the movie, when she's, like, actually... I was married the whole time. Yeah. I like, was like, uh, okay, who cares? <laughs> I was like, nothing you did mattered in this movie. They didn't give you anything to do. I wrote, okay, who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> that was what was sad about it. Because like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch this with Charlie because I watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Charlie in which all the women are objects. Mm. Yeah. And Wild Wild West, all the women are objects. Yeah, because right. the only other women who have like actual lines are like um, Doctor Lovelace's like Bond villains. Yeah, or Bond yes! villain sidekick ladies. Frederick Vanderwall. Yeah, <laughs> that all have crazy names yeah, like, like Ammunition and Miss yeah, Lip- Munisha, Lip- Reader. Right. <laughs> yeah, like their names are yeah, like they all have what like they specialize in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but they're like strangely German or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they're it's, all yeah. The treatment not, of women in this movie is is criminal. No, but especially because you've got a talent like Salma Hayek who is reduced to just being like eye candy. Yeah, but even then, they don't even give her that much. It's like they weren't willing to go a hundred percent with just fully sexualizing her. They were like, we're gonna sexualize her for sure, but we're not gonna like make that we're gonna like try to kind of give her like she's like she's got like a purpose but then she didn't have a purpose at all like i kept expecting her to be like like you know it'd been cool if she was like actually 
I'm the doctor that I was looking for. Like that would have been something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I'm the doctor like how that she... I was looking for. Oh my God. <laughs> I was the doctor. Like, you know, know what? The doctor the turns out to also be an agent or oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, the, your, uh, your opinion has some symmetry to the Tin Cup episode because that movie starts with a joke about like the joke is like yes! the woman's the doctor. <laughs> so <laughs> call that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and then he very promptly turns around and says my one o'clock is supposed to be with yes. the doctor <laughs> yeah she's so like i don't goofy. understand um the thing about selma hayek's character that bothers me now didn't bother me as a kid but bothers me now is just they don't give her anything else to offer to the mm-hmm. two main characters other than like she has a couple tidbits of knowledge that are useful to him but like yeah she doesn't have other skills other than she Every at every turn, she uses like the fact that men think she's hot to her advantage, yeah. which love that in the sense that like if that's the way she's got to do things, then like good for her. But yeah. <laughs> basically, like she comes in, she provides them a couple like useful tidbits of information that she happened to pick up. And then she like fucks everything up with the <laughs> with the sleeping gas. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I don't know. You just like right at that moment. I was expect. I remember as a kid a little bit, and also definitely as an adult. I was like, "Wait, what happens here? Does she like she like saves them, right? Because she presses the the uh, Jesus the pool, pool ball. ball. <laughs> I yeah, was literally yeah. about to say golf ball. I'm so sick. Okay, <laughs> ten cup. <laughs> she presses the pool ball, and I'm like, "Oh, maybe she has a plan." And then she just like she gets them all <laughs> fucking kidnapped and tied up and. <laughs> thrown in a field with those like robotic disc things oh my god yes you discs. would you would think that okay so like so, so princess princess leia is a good like comparison right because princess leia starts the movie as the damsel in distress mm-hmm. or not even starts the movie. she she starts the movie as like sort of in power and you're like oh this woman is like yeah she mouths like, off to like what looks the like the guy. scariest guy you've ever seen <laughs> yeah. yeah and so you're like she's got some like at the very least if she's not powerful she can speak truth to power which is impressive yeah and then she becomes the damsel and then very quickly after after she's rescued you're like oh this woman's actually very yeah, competent she's the one in charge mm-hmm. and she's the one in charge and so like into the garbage chute fly boy <laughs> so, so you get this you have an you have an arc with her where she goes through different like aspects of being a classic female character and or like a classic trope but then is like revealed to be more than that and even with Salma Hayek in this movie the, it's like they were afraid to make her a damsel in distress because she's not even really that no she's just kind of there yeah I mean I appreciate to- the detail that like she took it upon herself to go find her husband who was kidnapped. Like she sent herself on this adventure. And I do appreciate the fact that like theoretically her character was like, okay, I'm really hot and men are stupid. So my main way of finding my husband, which did work is I'm going to be hot because men are stupid. (laughs) Yes. So which coincidentally is the same way Kevin Klein got into (laughs) some of those situations. Yeah. Cause Kevin Klein, he his character understands <laughs> I'm not gonna defend it. I'm not gonna defend it. Um, <laughs> I mean So it, Yeah. Is is the kind of drag of it all like almost verging on like progressive for nineteen ninety nine? Or is it entirely <laughs> am I entirely backwards in even expressing that as a possibility? <laughs> I maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I <laughs> I also don't know. I'm like, I mean, by today's standards, of course, but I don't, 
I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. how we yeah. felt about these things in 1999. Well, yeah, I, I made a note of just like, God, with the like... The fucking god, the amount of times that he says and talks about boobies, mm. both as like a disguise and whatever. But like his like passing as like one of the like saloon girls or whatever mm. is it's almost in a like cartoon way or like in yeah. a Shakespeare way it, where it's, it's like a Shakespeare. Wow, yeah. how does no one see this? It, you know, yeah. but it does like, feel very Bugs Bunny dressing up as a woman. Yes, actually. totally. <laughs> but like it is always played, even implicitly as like oh it's weird that a guy's in a dress right that's weird well, it's it's okay so here, here's what i'll say here's what i think so for 1999 the culture wars haven't hadn't grasped onto drag that's as true. part of the problem mm-hmm. yet and so man in a dress was just funny yeah right that was just played for comedy mm-hmm. it wasn't played as like oh this is like an insidious thing that's gonna like you know turn your children gay yeah, or whatever it was just like thinking more deeply about it i think they were just no, like no. oh that guy uh in a dress is like hilarious because he's like right and so not and as like, pretty in, as in, a woman in a dress. <laughs> yeah and then in like a very instrumental scene at the end will smith has to like oh be disguised and get in a yes. dress and be a woman and dress as a woman and it's played for laughs yeah and so it's right. just like it's all played for laughs back then and and which that is, is bad yes. right but it's almost it's almost not played for laughs in a mean-spirited way right more of it's in just, just like a it's funny that he's wearing a costume you wouldn't normally think kevin klein be wearing yeah and so like i think from like our modern standard it is like well it's not like it's not like a great representation right. of like queer culture or drag queens or anything no. like that in any sense of the word, but I think for 1999, it was just pretty par for the course where they were like, it's funny to put a man in a, tr-. I mean, watch any SNL episode yeah. at that time. Right, right. And it's like, they have, you know, fucking Jimmy Fallon and Chris Kattan playing women because it's just like funny to put a guy in a dress. I mean, the entirety yeah. of the movie White Chicks is, yes. is that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was also just, you know, they were trying to introduce this character as like, you know, we see the way that Jim West does things, and now let's see the way that Artemis Gordon does things. And yeah. so it was, yeah. you know, to give you the element of surprise, and he loves costumes and ingenuity and whatnot. Right. So he thinks guns are primitive, yes. which is a very Obi Wan thing to say. <laughs> oh yes, it is funny because, like, apparently in the series that it was based on, there there is a similar vibe of like Jim West is like the cowboy type and then artemis is like that's his name right artemis mm-hmm. what something gordon gordon yeah he's the inventor and it uh, in the description on the wikipedia it said master of disguise <laughs> so the whole master of disguise thing is baked into which this is conceit. yet another really bad movie <laughs> uh-huh. yes <laughs> which we'll have you on next time Andy, to be master of disguise wait can i blow your guys mind do you know this do you know who played president grant uh kevin klein <laughs> Kevin Klein. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I okay. So, he played two parts. There's yeah. there a lot going on in this movie for no reason. <laughs> why did they have him do? Why did he play President Grant? Well, because too? the first scene that no. we see President Grant, it's actually him in disguise, and then yes! President Grant comes in to be but like, "What's going on here?" Also, Kevin Klein. So they were like, "Damn, that guy's got a good disguise." <laughs> I just don't know why that like I imagine like because there's times when you see them right next to each other yeah. and I'm like the logistics of filming that 
Is it are, worth are it? Difficult, is, I'm yeah. like, if I was the director, I'm like, no, no. We're going to have to do... <laughs> that's going to double our like time to film that day. We're not doing that. Yeah. Hire a different actor to play the president. I think this is, again, like you have to take the movie for, for what it is. <laughs> I feel like that to me reads as like a choice that they thought was going to be really campy and fun and also sort of like pulling from, you know, you have Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh, these like, you know, theater actors. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that to me feels like that's the kind of choice that like if they were performing like this, like in rep at like a, <laughs> a Shakespeare. Yeah. Theater, totally. You know what I mean? So to me, it seems like the kind of choice you make when you don't realize what movie you're actually making. Yeah. You're like, you think you're making a different movie? <laughs> yeah. It, what, what, you guys what remember it gives Will Smith's in this, right? <laughs> yeah, Will Smith's in this. 1999 Will Smith. And we're, we're, not, we're not making Will Smith do anything from the time period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not 2001 Will Smith yet. We're in 1999. Yeah. It, it, what, what, it, what it reads to me as is, and, and um, past guest of the show, Jess will appreciate this. Jess will preach this because what what it is, is is it's 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 letting uh, Patrick Stewart have fun on Next Generation by occasionally playing Shakespearean characters on the hollow deck. Yeah, right. Where they're like, you know, what? he gets to be uh, uh, King Henry this week, but it's just in the hollow deck and for fun. Yeah, and like that's what the, that's what it gives me for Kevin Klein, yeah. where they're like, all right, Kevin Klein, so you're coming and you're playing. Okay, this movie is based off like a four season long TV show from like the 60s or whatever and he's like okay what's in it for me like I'm a theater actor like you said Andy mm -hmm. it's like okay but here's the fun part <laughs> you also get to play President Grant and a lady <laughs> and a lady and you're constantly in heavy makeup and prosthetics and different costumes and he's like I'm in I'm fucking in I, that sounds honestly, amazing honestly the way the enthusiasm with which he seems to approach both of his roles leads me to believe that that story is pretty close to the truth. <laughs> I think yeah. it probably was. <laughs> totally. I think that's how they sold him on this. He, I mean, like, I think that's part of the reason why I love this movie so much. I remember thinking that he was so funny in that yeah. role. Yeah. I remember just loving Artemis <laughs> Gordon <laughs> as a 10-year-old. Uh, yes. <laughs> That like, is why? so funny. <laughs> everything I think this movie has everything a ten year old girl needs, which is like a suave, like very attractive Will Smith mm -hmm. who was just like you know shooting first, asking questions later, taking things by the reins, yeah. like taking charge, and then like a cerebral, handsome, intelligent uh, inventor, Kevin Klein, <laughs> inventor who's very like proper and like knows how to be a nice man. You know, it's like you've got. The two, two mm -hmm. those are the two kind of men. Yeah, there's only two. That's <laughs> and, it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's what women want. Yeah. Is either yeah, Kevin I can, I can or Will speak Smith. for all women. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what all men want is just Salma Hayek. <laughs> Salma Hayek in like long johns with an open butt flap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with butt cleavage showing. Salma Hayek, no frills. <laughs> Yeah. meaning any character development <laughs> right yes or character at all yeah. yeah um do you do we think that the tv show had a like an asian character named miss east god i hope not i think probably it did <laughs> i mean yeah, it was, the 60s, it was early probably, right? yeah it was an earlier yeah. time period i don't know i i, I also hope not <laughs> the the um the like 
<laughs> the like office scene with all the big paintings that actually are just like guys oh waiting to kill him. <laughs> yes. Yes. They were inside the paintings somehow. Yeah. Again, this yeah, is like another in, like in Harry Potter. <laughs> yes, this is another example of like the movie doesn't know what movie it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Because no. that was a detail was that's like we're gonna start this idea now like yes because mm-hmm. that is the movie <laughs> like goofy and funny but right like at this point we've already had so much it started happen. it's sort of like the giant spider where you're just like oh okay somebody i guess thought this was a good idea that they've always wanted to use is like someone's yeah. actually gonna assassinate someone by being the picture in the room <laughs> yeah, yeah right it was just like they basically were just like all right who's got ideas lying around that yeah. they haven't gotten a chance it's, to use let's throw them all it's in. like the, the difference of experiencing a dream and then later trying to tell someone what happened <laughs> <laughs> yes they were like a- in the painting but then they all jumped out of the painting but like they were flat to begin with <laughs> <laughs> I did a cursory search of the wiki for the TV show and couldn't find a Miss East, okay. but that doesn't mean she wasn't there. Okay, that's okay. good. Also, Charlie just texted me something very funny. Charlie said she's in the other room, mm-hmm. and she said, babe, the more I hear you talk about it, I think I may have watched that movie a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The girlies know, okay? Yeah. Babe, yeah. hey, did you watch this movie a lot? I think I may have. I th- because our family was Here, come, come, come in and tell me what you're saying. <laughs> Obsessed with Kevin Klein. <laughs> did I not just say the exact because same thing? Of Pirates of Pinsen. Oh, yes. Because he was the pirate king. Yeah. And so I do believe that we did watch a quite <laughs> Yeah. The girlies know. Okay. Kevin so Klein as Artemis Gordon. I withdraw yes. my. I know. I was like, wait, Kevin Klein was in that? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of That's so he's funny. Kind of yeah, he's, I feel he's so uh, validated by this. He's like... Andy and Charlie just connected on a deep oh level. My God, he's like so the happy. right answer. He's like, no, you want you want the like guy who's yeah, like, being but also, deliberate. That, that initial scene where uh, Will Smith is hooking up with that lady in the water tower... Which is that like the town's water supply? Is that I, yeah, right? very unsanitary. <laughs> yeah, well, putting that aside, that's a sexy scene. Yeah, okay? it is. In fact, the kissing, the kissing is the very kissing intense. Is very kissing. <laughs> My third note after oh what and his name is West was penis. <laughs> yeah, do you see a whole penis? Do you see his whole penis? Uh, well, he like stands up and he's like kind of in the foreground and the camera like is looking at his butt, but you see something other than just his butt. Yeah, you yeah, do. You like see there. there's something. There's something happening because when he there's, when he actually falls from yes. the water tower there yes. is a moment a brief moment where you're like if i pause this at the right part i think i might see a penis <laughs> and if you had had a dvd player you might have been able to yeah i was i was stuck rewinding so i, I couldn't i couldn't right. do that and i the reason i know that is because i think i've talked about this on the podcast before it's one of the most embarrassing things i've ever done oh no but when i had the fantastic four dvd mm-hmm. <laughs> Where Jessica Alba is turning invisible, and then she only has her underwear on, and then she turns revisible with just underwear on. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would, like, pause it and rewind it and slow motion at that point. Oh, my God. Everybody has these embarrassing stories. Like, kids today are going to be like, or not kids today, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Years from now, people who are 
going through puberty and having their first, you know, experience with, ooh, that's yeah. sexy, that makes me feel some type of way. They're just going to be like, yeah, it was porn on the internet. But like, we really, <laughs> we really had to like find something to cling to. <laughs> right. And I would wait till I was home alone course, to do that. Of course. You had to find, you were and like, was, I know on this DVD at this moment. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And I, I felt immense shame in about the menu. it. Yes. <laughs> Don't feel any shame about that. I think everyone has a story like that. And your, yours is pretty tame as far as stories go. <laughs> I do, speak, going, back to, going back to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I do remember seeing that movie. We rented it one time. And I think we had, a, I think it was on VHS. And being like, I'm going to have to watch this again by myself. <laughs> Okay. And being like, I gotta, I gotta find those scenes with Jessica Rabbit and, and, and slow motion those. You know but it was on VHS, so, so I couldn't. Funny, I have to share this with you because we just watched that a couple weeks ago. We had friends in town, and I was on a, on a bit of an edible, and we were watching it, <laughs> and I was having like an otherworldly experience because I hadn't seen it in years, and I was remembering things that I loved about it that I just hadn't thought about in ages. But then a recurring bit that we kept doing. <laughs> so we kept being like pausing the movie and being like now remember this lead actor is in the room doing a scene with nobody <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay he's alone by himself and he's just imagining that there's a very <laughs> sexy lady <laughs> who's a cartoon but in reality he's alone <laughs> that is so funny to think about <laughs> Like, did he yes. get ever? Did he ever get like a still or like a production daily or something of like this is who you're looking at or were they? Was he just directed by Robert Zemeckis? Like, imagine like <laughs> the craziest shaped cartoon bazonga lady that you've ever Rem thought of. Imagine the hottest, sexiest cartoon lady, someone who would really make you go auga. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, someone that make go. your eyes go out of your socket, <laughs> your yeah. jaw hit the floor, yeah. your tongue roll out like a red carpet yeah, yeah. Right. we just kept pausing it and being like now everyone remember he's alone <laughs> <laughs> while on this topic another note i had in that office scene with the people jumping out of the paintings is this woman is wearing a very 1999 thong oh yes and you yeah. that moment where she goes to sit on the desk and she like gathers her dress and picks it up yes. and you see her butt Scandalous. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. scandalous. Yeah. I was That's like, probably why I wasn't Where's allowed to see the it. big goofy bloomers? <laughs> yeah. I don't think the thong was invented until like, I don't know, 2010. You have now reached the only one other historical inaccuracy. Yeah. That was the only thing that really took <laughs> yeah. me out of it. Yeah. It was the women's underwear. Yeah. Do you know the famous photograph titled His Master's Voice? No. You may Maybe. know it if I were to describe it. Um, it, it. I know it because my dad worked for RCA for a long time. Oh, no I do know it. Yes, I looked, I looked And they up. used that photo and like the, the dog in the photo became sort of like a mascot of the company. But it's the one of like oh, the yeah. little dog, the Jack Russell looking into the Victrola. Mm -hmm. They make a reference to that in this movie. They do? When the guy I, yes. with the like Victrola ear is killed mm -hmm. and the little dog jumps out of like some guy's arms oh, he yeah. like runs over and just kind of looks at his ear for a while and i was like that again that's a part where i'm like oh i see what this movie maybe could have been yeah yeah like we we talked about this when we when we um discussed batman and robin the movie with uma thurman and 
uh, uh-huh. Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. and that Uma Thurman's the only person who knew what movie she was in. <laughs> right. And like that movie could have been essentially like a early 2000s revamp of the 1960s Batman, like the level of kind of camp and goofball of it all. Yeah. But like yeah. too many people were trying to be too serious. Yeah. Um, and that little reference and like the people jumping out of the paintings and stuff like those those scenes seem to know what movie they were in they but do <laughs> they just don't all yeah i mean it sort of to bring it back to star wars and i'm sure this is a point that has been made uh, <laughs> ad nauseum on this podcast but like that is how i feel now about the prequels is like they just everyone takes themselves so <clears throat> seriously and the original star wars movies had a lot of fun and camp to them yes. that like the prequels just kind of don't have or when they do yeah. it's very clumsy right yeah totally and i'm not the biggest star wars person but like even as like a star wars lay person i was like oh don't these movies supposed yeah to be that's a really good assessment i don't know i've heard that exact way of uh talking about the prequels before but like something that harrison ford said when they were shooting the first movie was like George, you can write this shit, but nobody knows how to say it. Like, the, yeah. like we're people. Can you? Yeah. Like, can we people this up a little? And I think when George Lucas had like more yes men and more control in the '90s and 2000s with the prequels, he was probably like, "No, you have to say the really wooden shit that I wrote." Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, like some of the best actors. I I know this from previously working in like live theater open captioning. Some of the most highly revered actors who perform all across the country, regional performances, Broadway tours, whatever, don't say a single one of their lines as scripted. I know this because I, it was my job to literally caption them. Uh-huh. And good actors really take the material and make it their own, which is a, a marvelous thing to see and so fucking irritating to caption. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was talking to my friend Charlie about this uh because uh, Charlie has like a background in like dramaturgy and... Uh, playwriting and whatnot and he was like oh yeah man like actors have a much better sense of like how words actually should be said out loud than like script writers do a lot of the time so yeah. you're, you're probably right about that <laughs> that's so funny yeah and then, there's, I... and then there's the writers who would like never let you hear the end of it oh no of right not. would like murder you if you change yeah, the line absolutely. yeah absolutely Absolutely. Well, Mike, do you have any other notes before we go? We should go to the break pretty soon. Uh, we should. And I have, a, play I have a, a couple. Um, this was just a cute little thing I noticed, and I, I had to do some digging to figure it out. But when um, the big spider is first, like, wreaking havoc in one of those kind of old west towns, mm. the foreground of the shot is, like, a big chimney that says Kazdan Iron Forge. And mm. then it gets blown up, and I was like, "Oh my God, is that a Lawrence Kasdan reference? Who who wrote um, Empire Strikes Back? Oh, um, or wait, did he direct it or write it? No, Irvin Kershner directed it. He wrote Empire Strikes Back, and I and and the thing that was walking through is very, you know, like the Adat Walkers from Empire right. Strikes Back. I was like, "Oh, okay, is this a Star Wars reference?" And then I looked it up. He also directed Silverado. So it was a mm. Western reference. I think the Western town has a lot of like Western directors like mm. name checked here and there. But well, I was like, cool. I'm counting that as a Star Wars reference because <laughs> yeah. a big and, walker destroyed a thing. <laughs> I never would you know, you know who did the You know who did the visual effects for this movie? Was it ILM? It was ILM. Okay. 
I believe so that's it. another Star Wars. That's another Star Wars right there. Um, I had no idea when I selected this that there was any parallel whatsoever. This is like a very Star Warsy movie. The only yeah, it's a very how Star Wars is it movie. The too. only yeah. parallel that I found because when I was like doing my own Wikipediaing after I rewatched it, I was like, oh my god, this must have come out like the same time that Episode One came out. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. also fucking loved Episode One. <laughs> yeah, it was the first Star Wars movie I actually ever watched. I know I literally just wow. said everything I just said about how like the originals are better because they're more campy and I stand by that. But that no, is an sure. opinion that has been formed over my adulthood. The first right. Star Wars movie I ever, ever saw and it, it was episode one. It was in theaters and I had the time of my goddamn life. Yeah. Loved it's, it. It's really, I, I think I probably saw the original trilogy prior to that, but only uh, I think as kind of like a, oh, you should watch these movies yeah. kind of thing. Whereas like, the 1998 and 1999 hype machine of like the mm-hmm. marketing for the Phantom Menace, like it was inescapable. That movie was huge and fun, especially when you were eight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. I I loved I loved all the prequels when they first came out, and it wasn't until like being an adult looking at it with adult sensibility that I was like, oh, these don't hold up as well. But um, they're fun. <laughs> the pod race, uh, very best, fun. Great. best. Um, let's see, what else did I write down? Um, well, I'll save some of these for later, I guess. Okay, should we jump to the break? Yeah. Woohoo! What's up, everybody? My name is Chance Nichols, and I am the host of We Didn't Peak. It's a podcast where I interview people who don't suck. <laughs> I mean, they're people who are chasing their dreams, and we talk about their lives, where they've been, where they're going, and... Look, you don't have to be chasing your dreams to not suck. I know plenty of cool people who hate their lives, all right? Boy, this is this is less an advertisement, more an insult. Okay, well, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at We Didn't Peak. Uh, we're back. And we're back. <laughs> um Air Gordon, that was funny. Oh yeah. That was a funny joke. Mm-hmm. That was a funny joke. Welcome back to the show. We're talking all things Wild Wild West. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's some there there are things in this show in this movie that are shaped like jokes, <laughs> but yes. then they just never they don't land. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's weird. You know it's what weird. joke really landed for me was that's it. No more Mister Knife Guy. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. That, yeah, yeah. Also, by the yeah. way, there was like a big, scary, like steampunk cyborg guy yeah. who showed up in just that last set piece. Again, <laughs> again, the movie doesn't understand what movie it is, and we're just throwing things in. They also, it's very unclear how he just randomly gets like electrocuted and then falls yeah, off. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I rewatched it a couple times and I was like, no, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't clock what had happened to We him. also yeah. have hardly talked about the Branagh character. Oh my God. Or, or the fact that Buffalo Bill is in this. What? Or, Did I miss that? No. He, or our, the, gen- the general. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Hold on. Am I wrong? Let me look it up. Do you mean also they become the first two agents of the Secret Service? <laughs> yes, the they do. Yes, they do. I I had to Google because I was like, what are their actual jobs again in this movie? Like, I don't understand. And then I was yeah. like, that's right. They were like, 
I just, I love that detail at the end. See, again, the movie really wants to be campy. Like it wants to like wink, yeah. r- wink right at the audience of like, and yes. these two men became the secret service. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm right. Ted Levine. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Who, I, General I McGrath. He's the... the He's the General McGrath, yes. the one with the, with oh, the, the ear. ear, Victrola ear. Yes, that's Buffalo Bill. Got the it. waxy Victrola we, ear. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like Buffalo like the old timey West the, like, guy. That's just <laughs> six gun in the West. Wait a minute! Or wait a minute! Wait a minute! He was Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> That's why so when he when he's got that crazy ear and he looks straight at the camera and says, Would you fuck me? Would you I was fuck like, me? what is he doing? <laughs> but now I get it. <laughs> and he's and he's in monk. He's the detective in monk. Oh my god, you guys are blowing my mind right now. That's crazy. I did not put that together at all. Because does he, it, as like a wagon, like goes off into the distance? Does he ever say goodbye, horses? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, nope. welcome back to the show. <laughs> and then Kenneth Branagh is is a half man, and they make a lot of like disabled yeah. jokes, which yeah. kind of which kind of sucks. Yeah, the whole repartee also- between. Uh, Jim West and Dr. Loveless is just like offensive overall. Yeah, right. <laughs> it could have been it could have been worse because apparently the character that that was based off of from the TV show was an actual little person mm. like dwarf mm-hmm. and was played by an actual little person uh-huh. and the person the guy who hated who was in the original show who hated the the movie was like I didn't like that they changed that because we had a great little person actor who was the best villain in the show and they just wanted Kenneth Branagh on so they made him like chopped in half instead and I was like hey shout out to that guy for even in 1999 being like representation yeah, baby. Right. Yeah. No that's fine. Not knowing the source material that's that's one issue but like I do kind of like the idea of a person who's like just half a body. Like I know that is that's kind of cool and and crazy. Speaking of Darth Maul who gets chopped in mm, half at the end of Phantom Menace is does come back in the cartoons with just half a body and his lower half is mechanical robot spider legs. Wow, wow, yes. Wow. Doesn't so isn't that sort of also like Darth Vader's origin story ish as well? Like yeah, An- gets Anakin gets like all sliced apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's th- this movie's got some Star Wars DNA on it. It it's, sure does. It's just not. Uh, it doesn't do any of it the right way. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, and speaking of Phantom Menace, the other thing I wrote down that's like a direct kind of, it's not like exactly Star Wars, but um, when they're talking about disguises and uh, Gordon says like, and you'll be my like servant boy or Man something servant. like that. Mm. And then Will Smith starts doing the sort of like minstrelly uh, voice that like all of Phantom Menace gets like a lot of flack for the Jar Jar voice as oh, being yeah, sort yeah. of like yeah. blackface minstrelry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, affect, but he was doing it pointing at that, like mm-hmm. like making mm-hmm. fun of like oh yeah I'll be your little servant boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was like oh two movies in the same year did that sort of like cadence yeah. <laughs> dialogue at one point. That's yeah. very weird. That is, it's just strange. That is a strange parallel. Um, okay. We have a game this week and it is a, um, a word game. <clears throat> in Ooh. fact, it's called 
word word game. <laughs> like oh, no. Wild Wild West. Oh, I get okay. it. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Or A-A-B, where these are all phrases that are three words, and the first two words are the same word. Oh, okay. okay. And I will give um, a clue as to what... Um, that phrase is and then you have to guess what it is now i'm gonna do this that zoom may not like it but i'm gonna do this with like a buzz in jeopardy style where you buzz in by saying your own name and then <laughs> okay. uh, whoever's first i will give you the opportunity to answer it okay and uh i suppose i'll give the other person an opportunity to steal if the first person doesn't get it right um so are we ready for word word game <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And you <laughs> and you buzz in with your own name and the first clue is starting now. Black Eyed Peas lead single from their 2009 album The END. Josiah. Josiah. Boom boom pow. Oh, nice. it is correct. <laughs> and the and the biggest reason I know that is also embarrassing. Because I did make an acapella cover of that oh, on my mom's no. MacBook on GarageBand. Oh, no. That's worse than the Jessica Alba story. That's so much yeah, worse yeah. than Com- the Jessica Alba story. Complete with me going, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, No. Ooh, ah. Yeah. And me being like, <laughs> Like, I did all the parts. It was great. And also, it was the radio edit, so I didn't cuss. <laughs> okay. Next one in Word Word Game is <laughs> what a successful group might shout in unison, perhaps three times. Oh, uh, Andy. Andy. Hip, hip hip hooray. Correct. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 yes. I, I had that. I had that. <laughs> yeah. Hip hip hooray. All right. Question number three. <laughs> How a British gentleman might greet you. Oh, Andy. And uh, just like Pip Pip Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I That is say. correct. That one was a, a Caitlin original. Nice. I, I ended up coming up with something like 20 or 30 of these, and it took a couple days, but like I was laying in bed one night, and you know, like, well, I'll use Boom Boom Pow as an example, and just like right as we were trying to fall asleep, and I was like, Boom Boom Pow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she'd be like, right oh, down. Cool. <laughs> uh, All right. Question four. A tabletop game where plastic eats other plastic. Oh, Josiah. Oh. Josiah. Hungry, hungry hippos. That is correct. <laughs> nice. Nice. Plastic yes. eats other plastic. Yes. Let's see. Okay. Number five. How a pirate would acknowledge a direction from the leader of his ship. <laughs> oh. Josiah. <laughs> Josiah. Aye, aye, Captain. Yes. Nice. I even have it as Cap'n. Cap'n. <laughs> yo ho, yo ho. <laughs> yo ho. I was like, R, R. <laughs> Stein, R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein. <laughs> yeah, I even, I started, I was like, E.E. E. Cummings, A.A. A. Milne. Like, is, is, R, is a repeated initial. That feels like it doesn't I'm count. I literally, for some reason, since you started this game, have not been able to stop thinking about A.A. A. Milne. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, oh man he's always on the mind uh okay that's one for all of our poo heads out there (laughs) real poo heads uh okay 
let's see. The next one is Chuck Berry's Christmas song. Uh, uh, Andy, <laughs> did neither of us know this? I don't know. Is uh, it Merry Merry Christmas? <laughs> no, it is not. Guess. That's a good guess, though. <laughs> is it Jingle Jingle Bells? It is not that either. So no one gets a point for this. It is Run Run Rudolph. Oh, oh duh. Duh. oh my god! I literally just That's- worked. Uh, holiday retail. So I I heard that song so many goddamn times. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Let's see. This is number six or seven or something. A childhood circle game that's easy to fall down while playing. Oh, Andy, duck, yes, duck, Andy. goose. Yes, correct. Uh, <laughs> I, I went to Tic Tac Toe, but then I was like, that's not a circle game. <laughs> it just has a circle in it. <laughs> okay, next one. Come and let's play together in the bright sunny weather. Let's all go to. Oh, oh, I got it. It's Andy, Andy. Andy. <laughs> Is it Gola Gola Island? <laughs> yeah. Yes! No! Not having cable as a child Did comes back to get bite me. Our favorite yellow frog. Yes. <laughs> I, in fact, Caitlin was like, oh, that's a good one. And do Binya Binya Pollywog. I yes! was like, yes, I feel like both. that's a uh, double debate. <laughs> <laughs> Gola, gola. I don't know. Binya, who, binya. I don't know who that is. Oh my god, I loved that show. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Oh, this is my favorite. There's two more. This is my favorite one. Maybe my favorite question I've ever written for a game on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the first words of an immature playground rhyme that gives directions to a confectioner's business. <sighs> Can you read it again? Yeah, <laughs> this is also one of those like describe a movie badly type of clues, you know, like mm-hmm. this. Yeah. this is sort of uh, anyway, it's the first three words of an immature playground rhyme that gives directions to a confectioner's business. Okay, I'll, I don't know if this is right, but Josiah, Josiah, it's not nanny nanny boo boo, is it? It is not. Okay, because I know that's not like part of a rhyme. That's the only thing I could think of. <sighs> I feel like, hmm, I feel like it's something from the lyrics to the Muffin Man that I am like trying <laughs> to think of, and I can't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. How about this? Uh, since neither of you got it, I will. I will make the question less oblique <laughs> <clears throat> for for an for an attempt at an actual point again. Um, it's the first words of an immature playground rhyme. <laughs> Directions to a confectioner's business is the part that's kind of oblique. It is, um, it's gross ways of describing, like, a body. Oh, I got it. I got it. Josiah, Josiah, Josiah. <laughs> Josiah. Milk, milk, lemonade. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I... <laughs> That's so uh, funny. That's, that's Oh, and so around gross. the corner. Yeah. That's, that are, yeah. that's our direction. <laughs> Yeah, I I usually made use of that rhyme just to remember where the fudge was made. <laughs> yeah, I I always forget where I put yeah, it. Yeah, the confectioner's like, oh. business. All right, you last listen question. to me sing the muffin man to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in fact, we are tied four points mm. apiece. So no! this is for oh all the marbles. No oh boy. Last but not least, the first full. CGI supporting character in a live action feature film. Uh, Andy. 
Josiah. Jar Jar Binks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> A perfect ending. Yeah, Josiah knew it too. Very 1999. Oh, very um, 1999. Word word game. I liked uh, that. That's really that good. was a good idea. We might have to do this again sometime and just do letter letter game, and we can get a a, a. Milne, a. Milne and E.E. E. Yeah. Cummings. Yeah, and E.E. Cummings in there. Yeah, for not sure. Not Abrams. Time. <laughs> no, not Earl Stein. <laughs> Unfortunately, he he would do great though. LL Cool J. Oh yeah, can call LL that cool one. LL BB King. Uh huh. BB J R R Tolkien. Yeah, R R Tolkien. Yes, yes. Is it J or? J-R-R or is it just R-R? It is, J- it is J-R-R. Yeah, it is J-R-R. I was just taking out the J because mm-hmm. I was being foolish. To, let me actually see. Did I? Lyle Lyle Crocodile was on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have That's gotten fun. that. 2020 Vision. Mm. That one's not as fun though as Milk Milk Lemonade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can't um, believe you did Gullah Gullah Island. Like that blew my mind. <laughs> I haven't had, I haven't heard anyone speak about that show in ages. <laughs> Let's see. It's a Western sci-fi. Um, oh yeah, let, let's let's compare it to Star Wars. Mm. I I think the big spider, both being you know the 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 personal sized one that Kenneth Branagh's character is, is very Darth Maul, and the big one is very like A T T E or A T A T Walker from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. As far as like overall concept, correct me if I'm wrong. The overarching plot of Star Wars is it is it based on like world war two kind of the kind sort of, of flight dogfight stuff was like literally taken from world war two um like fighter Movies. pilot footage um mm-hmm. but okay. it's kind of based on everything yeah because i was about to say like you could also sort of map it over wild wild west obviously uh is about the time around the civil war and about you know like political unrest so i feel like there are some parallels there yeah yeah it um it's got science fiction elements to it Mm -hmm. because it is steampunky Mm -hmm. star wars isn't steampunky though star wars is like like science fiction fantasy not steampunk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but this this the steampunk does have a sort of fantasy quality to it where it's like yes totally un otherworldly unreal kind mm-hmm. of right you know. not actually doable in real life right at the time at i least. would say similar to star wars this movie jumps around location a lot in ways that you're like <laughs> it's how how quickly could you really ride a horse all the way across the country yeah <laughs> i know in the same way that <laughs> like, like we're going all the way to utah and it's like okay that's gonna take a like, while you in on a you're on the national mall right now <laughs> I, it was it was like an hour maybe in before I was like, does this movie not take place in the West? <laughs> I just like figured it did, and then I was like, oh okay, they're going. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry. Because like I feel like that happens but a also, lot in Star Wars too, where you're just like, okay, I guess we're on this other planet now, and it didn't take super long to get there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, the the tr- the train track system in Wild Wild West is like <laughs> hyperspace in Star Wars yeah. in that it can get you anywhere you want to go right mm-hmm. immediately yep. and somehow like like the the villain Loveless has a private train track oh yeah that leads to yeah. his like base which is like out spider how canyon private Yes. Yeah. How do you get the and the spider motif is everywhere the with him. The spider it's motif. Like, I was just about to say that. It's like everywhere. It's kind of like 
cool, but also... Uh, but also, why? It's, it's because it's, the guy who really wanted the giant spider was like, we have to reverse engineer this so that like it looks... Yes. It makes sense that we end up with a giant spider. So spiders have to be this guy's thing. Right. Well, oh. and it also has like an insidiousness to it that is just sort of inherently sure. evil villain, like in the way that Darth Vader just looks like an evil villain. Because mm. like at one point, there's like a sort of stars and bars type flag with the spider sort of in the front of the mm-hmm. confederate kind of uh, confederate adjacent logo that was done in like gray and black and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, oh, this is that thing where like like Hydra in Marvel movies where it's mm. like, oh, it's Nazis, but they don't want to say Nazis. Yes. Right. Um, right. If they had had the strength of their convictions, they would have just been like, here's a confederate flag. These are the bad guys. Yeah. But and they had to give them a spider in order to be like, like, it's okay. That seems to be a lot of the bad guys' kind of main motivation is that they're like, the South will rise again, but they're like, but will be like deliberately very outward facing evil. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I don't, but we won't I don't really, really get anybody's motivations. <laughs> this movie, it, it no. tries, it tries very hard to say something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like once again, like this is a symptom of like this movie wanted to be a lot of things, and one of the yeah. things that it wanted to be was like a historical fantasy that sort of like shows us how villainous like the Confederate movement was. But it, the movie, <laughs> the movie just it it's not a serious enough movie to tackle something that heavy. No. Yes, right is really right. what I would say. It, it, <laughs> It occasionally brushes the race issue with Will Smith, but it never, like, says anything, like, substantial about it. In fact, it basically says, like, well, the Civil War is over, so racism is done. <laughs> Which right, is like, right, wow, right. is like that the, conf- the new, like, right. earliest point that we, <laughs> we think the, that the, that is true? <laughs> because the bad guys are still racist, but they're, like, cartoonishly racist right. and that they're, like, making jokes at his expense yes. and using, like... Like um, racial slurs, like like not like the N word or anything, but like other racial yeah, slurs yeah. at him. But then they also don't. I don't know. It's like the, they're not like oh, and we also want to bring slavery back. Like that's why we want to do this. You know, it's this weird thing where they don't actually say anything about no, because it. Because they also make Loveless's main motivation that like he lost so many parts of his body. <laughs> To the war, <laughs> like his main motivation yeah. is like I gave everything, including my body, to the cause. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. also sort of they shy away from a lot. Like I think this movie actually could have could have done a lot of things really well, <laughs> and they yeah. they sort of get get nervous and shy away, which like yeah. I understand, but. Yeah, that's just one of the the weird, it's the like weird feelings of it. Their like tone radar was going off of like, I know that's not what we should do, but I can't <laughs> figure out why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 and then they add the whole like thing of like in Loveless's like new version of America, he's gonna like give parts yes. of the country back to their original They're owners. Like initial European colonizers. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they sort of try to like. I don't know. I don't know. Like, you can just tell that the people who made this movie were like, okay, this is going to be like a tough subject to tackle. And instead of like tackling it, they're like, what if we get like a bunch of like also bad guys from Europe who also want their, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it tries to sort of like, what if we also put the blame on 
other countries as well. Yes, yeah, right. totally, totally. Yeah. It's that thing that like movies at this time did. I'm thinking of almost like well, Austin Powers is of course like a, a parody. But, I was like, just about to say Austin Powers. Like um, and, well, and and you know, um. Josie and the Pussycats is kind of like a satire too, but like mm-hmm. there's always like the sort of cabal of world leaders yes. that like yes. go around. Like you're right. It, it's doing that same thing of like, oh no, there's lots of evil. Yeah. And it's like yeah. in the case of American history and this section of it, the call was coming mainly from inside the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like we're being I suppose honest. we can. We can maybe tackle colonialism, but can we maybe tackle like what you guys who are alive now were doing like four years ago? Literally like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say Star Wars, it's just, that's maybe not a Star Wars thing because I don't think Star Wars has never tackled race mm. at all. No. Not even like an attempt at tackling mm. race. Yeah, right. So I think it gets like... For the sci-fi elements of it, the 1999 of it all, yeah. the ILM, the CGI, yeah. the visual effects. Yeah. That definitely gives it some points. The desert. The mm-hmm. The deserty. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's such a swing and a miss, though, is not very Star Wars. Right. Like, even like the sort most of- Star Wars is a swing and at least you get a nick on the ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Not to do a sports metaphor. I know you have a sports podcast, Andy. I know. <laughs> uh, didn't even occur to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the sports part of the sports podcast. I right, did. sorry. You're the drama kid. You're the drama kid. Do I have should we? Else? Should we? Do you have anything? Any other notes? Should we give this thing a rating? This note is just holy shit, Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty feet the scenery. of large intestine. <laughs> yes, chewing that scenery up. Yeah, no, I don't really have anything else. Well, let's. We're, well, we're getting close to the end of the show, yeah, so yeah. let's let's give this dang thing a rating. So, Andy, we got to give it a unit of measurement first, right, 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 and then we rate it on a, on a scale of one to ten of that unit of measurement. Okay. So, I think I'm gonna give it like, uh, what's my unit of measure? It's gonna be quick release gadgets out of Kevin <laughs> Cl- Kevin Klein's clothes. Yeah, yeah. Those are sick. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want that pen and paper combo just in everyday life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That knife, that boot knife. <laughs> <laughs> boot knife that he just put in his boot. He's like, I made some adjustments to your clothing. Yeah, you would, How? That's a thing when, you would want to warn someone about before they hurt yeah, themselves. Yeah, right. When he's fighting and, with like the guy with two big knives and the guy's doing like the wall and then he does the same thing but just with his foot. Yeah. Like, he just shakes Very his foot. Will Smith being the kind of Han Solo like mm-hmm. cocky but uh, uh, outmatched yeah. guy. Yeah, oh my God. That is definitely a direct parallel though because like the sense of humor that like the Jim West character and basically just Will Smith has like in yeah. every situation where he's like about to be in like great peril. Like he makes a little like bon mot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is like, I don't know. I just, it's, I, I actually really like that character. Joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I'll do, um, my unit of measure will be probably boobies. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take it if he doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> they say it enough. And how many boobies? <laughs> when did the word boobies get invented? <laughs> when people figured out you could write it on a TI-83 calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my God. While he's looking, do you have a unit of measure? Yeah, my unit of measure is... Kevin Klein in dual roles for 
for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, I wrote this down. This feels very Jabba or some kind of gross Star Wars. Star Wars doesn't go gross that much, but mm. when the general guy, like, turns Ugh. his thing down and, the like, slime comes out, yeah. that was so gross. It was awful. <laughs> the consistency of that was, like, ugh, yeah, real yeah, bad. Yeah, it was very, very bad. Well, guys, I have, I have terrible news. Uh-oh. Um... It's just a couple things from Google. So the first <laughs> recorded use of the term Bubby. I thought you were about to be like, we haven't been recording this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we this have is to all do just this for all fun. Over again. <laughs> Say it all verbatim. Uh, no. So in 1686, there's a poem uh, that refers to them as Bubbies. Mm. B-U-B-B-I-E-S. So... That has been around since at least six, the late 1600s. And then also, people will also ask, what did they call breasts in the 1800s? <laughs> Bubby, which may come from the Latin word bibere, meaning to drink, which that oh. kind of, I mean, I get it, but I, I don't like it. Mm. Or it may be onomatopoetic, echoing the sound of an infant breastfeeding, which I don't think that's the sound that that makes. No. <laughs> I don't think it goes, bubby, bubby, bubby. I think it's more onomatopoeic of like the first time a horny guy saw boobs and was like, boobies. You know what I mean? But by the 1800s, that word had morphed into booby, which became boob. So apparently... Boobies is not anachronistic. Wow. Interesting. I'm actually very glad to know this. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun fact, right? Does this change how you feel me. about the movie? <laughs> Do you like, I it, now? like it now? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie now. <laughs> um, okay. I think I think this gets better Star Wars credit than a lot of things do on this show. I think yeah. I think my score is gonna be like five. Oh, wow. Are we going up to five or ten, or it doesn't matter? At ten. <laughs> ten. Ten, 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 ten. It's, it's a perfect score. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's high praise. Now, uh, five feels high, but it's a whole number, and I feel like five boobies is a funny thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It is funny. It is not an even number of boobies. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to give this... I feel like I'm not a good judge of how Star Wars something is, but I will do my best. I am going to give this, I think, I think I'm going to give it six. Kenneth, <laughs> or not Kenneth, Jesus. You guys, six, are, you guys are insane. Six uh, uh, Kevin Klein in dual roles for no reason. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to say just four quick release gadgets because you guys are crazy. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. fair. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I added a point for just my overall nostalgic love for this movie, even though it's <laughs> yes. an objectively and, awful movie. Well, that is what Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. It's just nostalgia, baby. Yeah. That's all it is these days. It's true. Well, we did it, folks. So do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram you, and TikTok. You can email us at a good podcast at gmail.com, and we do not have any new emails <laughs> so fix that <laughs> email us um, all we get are emails from tiktok and it's funny because we don't like get on tiktok very often or like or like like mike posts tiktoks occasionally but we don't like scroll through our fyp mm, on tiktok mm-hmm. right so it has no idea what we like <laughs> and so it sends us emails and it's like ah uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, You're not giving us enough of your data. <laughs> the the, the, the most reason what we said is, <laughs> it says 
this is from an account called Davinia, and the, the subtitle is Cheating Ass Get Home to Y'all's Families. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So that's the kind of content we're getting sent to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's um, great. We also have a Patreon if you want even more of this on the internet. It's patreon.com slash how Star Wars is it? $5 a month gets you um, a weekly bonus episode, plus, like, we've got film commentaries, um, all sorts of other fun stuff, a Discord server. Uh-huh. And we also uh, have Anarchy the Improvised Rock Opera is coming back to the IO Theater in February. Nice. In fact, should I make one of those, uh, you know how people are like, here's my shows in January or whatever. Should I do that on behalf of how Star Wars is it? Like... Yeah, see Mike and Josiah live together on only these mm-hmm. two days. <laughs> <laughs> these two times. Yeah. Or however yes. many it Honestly, is. my biggest Maybe issue with that. those posts is that they are way too long for, I think, anybody. Like, because a lot of the time it's usually just no offense. I'm very proud of everybody for doing <laughs> what they do. But like a lot of the time it's kind of seems like people just do it to be like, look how full of how much bookings my month is. And totally. so yes. I would appreciate yours if it was literally only two, because that's information <laughs> that someone can absorb. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you can catch us. Yeah. And it's only twice, and then we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy, again. do you have any plugs? Other than Sports Kid Drama Kid, my podcast that I do with my uh, the person who set up this mic for me, which is <laughs> my significant other, Jim. Um, otherwise, no, I, I'm, I'm taking a little performing live performance hiatus at the moment, so... Oh, that's nice. The podcast that just can't stop going viral on TikTok. Yeah. Right now, uh, we have a video going viral on Instagram that we had no intention of it going viral. It's literally us playing Trivial Pursuit, and I asked Jim a question about how some tennis rackets are made, and apparently some tennis rackets have some cow intestine in them in the yes, strings and right. people are losing their minds and i'm like we didn't we didn't do anything though we literally just read a fun fact off a trivial you could have all read that same <laughs> card and yet there are still people commenting being like i don't know people are having a lot of opinions about it that jim and i are like we don't <laughs> care <laughs> it is a, we it have is nothing a invested in this great uh social media follow and a great podcast i i just uh yes. yesterday listened to the um Michigan football oh, yes. sports cheating. So I, my dad went to Michigan and I grew up oh, no. um, going to Michigan football games and stuff. So th- I don't pay attention anymore, mm-hmm. but um, that was all a very interesting thing for me to hear because I was like, oh, like just instinctively, I could not care less about sports, but it's yeah. that sort of thing of like, I see an Ohio State hat today in my 30s and I like sort of like shudder. <laughs> like it's and you're like, like that it's bad. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I like question- hearing hearing all that stuff about the like dude in disguises and stuff, I was like, well, maybe there's a there's another side to this. <laughs> <laughs> you you and uh, a few people who have commented on our YouTube, like, fuck uh-huh. you guys, go blue. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. We've we've pissed that's some great. people off, not not on purpose, but that's great. It is what it is. <laughs> well, go check out Andy's podcast. Andy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you we for really having me. Loved having this you. This was so fun. And uh, oh, what do I say again? I have like a lot to say. So say what just to Star Wars. It's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. Oh yeah, we always say we <laughs> love you, and may the fourth be with you. So you can say that with us, okay, Andy, if you want. Got it. <laughs> so like we always say, we, we love, love you, and may the, the fourth, fourth be with, with you. you. Bye-bye.
thanks so much for doing it again oh my god yeah anytime <laughs> what was the one that we said during this show that we were like oh we have to master, do of, disguise. master of disguise oh which yes. i've never even seen i didn't suggest it because i, I know it <laughs> my turtle enough for your turtle club <laughs>